Praise God. Come on, my boy. Take your time, okay? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's also good to be amongst brothers and sisters, family. Amen. Man, uh, we had uh, went to Puerto Rico. Everything was great out there. It was uh, actually so many healings that happened the first night I preached. We had a, a man with a, a hip issue. He was in his probably 70s. And um, the doctor said they would have to operate on that hip. He was having pain for about six months. And the pastor, everyone had prayed for this guy. God told me to call out and say, I'm talking to some people with some back issues, hip issues, leg issues. And he came up. And the Lord said, pull his leg out. We pulled his leg out. Literally, it came right out. And you heard a pop, pop. And he said, whoa. Got up, and I said, do something you never did before. And he just started bending down and put, bending his knees. He was like, oh, my goodness, no pain, no pain, no pain in Spanish. And just Holy Spirit just took over from there. People just clapping. It was amazing because they had seen this man suffer for six months. But God had totally healed him in a couple of minutes. Give God a strong hand clap for that. Come on, Jesus. Um, you know, we were out there, uh, HRGN. There was still a lot of uh, depression out there. But I was, I was so happy to see people who were kingdom-minded, um, who didn't let the storm, Maria... Uh, detour them, take them out of the country, and they weathered it. Some people were saying, you know, we didn't have social media for six months, but we had community, and we built community, and um, we got closer together. Out of that, there was birthed uh, a lot of uh, entrepreneurial, uh, a lot of businesses were birthed out of that thing. Could you imagine that? Like, these people should be depressed, sitting down. They're opening up food trucks and doing things to better their lives and come along. And it was just a powerful faith movement amongst these people. And I got to speak to the uh, one of the apostles there. He literally told me they have an alliance of all these churches. And they, they, we were talking about making an alliance with HRGN. So keep that in prayer as that continues to to we continue to work on that but there's such uh there's such a spirit of transition in puerto rico right now i can't even explain it to you but uh me being there for the first time putting my my feet on the country of my ancestors was just amazing and god had literally uh there was an empowerment within me to see so many things happen uh, during that time, so there was a lot of there was a lot of testimonies of people getting healed. They can go on. Uh, um, I'm going to take little clips of that, and of course, sub caption for the you know put some closed captioning for the people who don't speak Spanish. Amen. And um, so you can see exactly some of the things that happened. And uh, good gracious, uh, they, they were so amazing that they recorded everything. I mean, it was just amazing how God pulled out legs. Uh, brought people to play. There was testimonies after testimonies of God's healing 
power, transitional power. There was a guy, listen to this, this is funny. Um, somebody came and said, uh, I have my brother on Facebook Live here. He's listening to everything you're saying right now, right? So, so um, he was listening to the whole message, you know, while I was preaching. So I made a call, and the Lord told me, he said, there's a young man who's been running from something, and God, you know, God, God wants you to come, and, you know, it's time to stop running and just run into his arms. And um, they brought me this phone. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's not what I expected, but they brought the phone, and here's a young man in the hospital who just overdosed the day before. Weeping, crying, takes the oxygen mask off, and he says, I want to know Jesus. And, and I just, over social media, led him to Jesus. Then prayed for deliverance, and God delivered him in the hospital through social media. That is the power of Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's time for transition, amen? Amen. So let me, I, I'm doing something different today. I usually do this everywhere I go. Uh, there's a, a prophetic anointing on my life that only, I guess it, it triggers with music behind me. Um, and the Lord led me to, to see when uh, Elisha was in the desert and they called him to prophesy in the desert. I don't know if you know this story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 3, I believe. And when they call him to prophesy, he says, bring me a minister of music. And with the minister of music, came a powerful declaration that not only shifted Israel, but also brought in water in the middle of the desert. Which the Lord had encouraged me and said, don't worry, that's, you know, part of the function, part of what you do, part of who you are. And I said, okay, Lord. I, so today I asked Gail, I said, would you mind just sitting up there and just playing for me? He said, sure. So I'm going to try something different today. Just let Holy Spirit run. Let them go for it. Amen. Well, everything went well in Puerto Rico. I came back and I caught some mosquito-borne disease that attacked every joint in my body. For the, so for these past two weeks, going on three weeks, I've just been in pain. Um, to the point where I even caught the code when I, when I got here. That's why I, I, I don't, you know, I love Virginia. I don't like Virginia's weather. You know, you go outside, it's sunshine, and then two minutes later, it's raining. You run back in. It's 30 degrees when you come back out. You run back in. You can get all four seasons in about 15 minutes, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but... Something I heard from uh, Apostle Ron Carpenter the other day, and he said, what the enemy's most threatened by, he will always attack. Yeah. 
So I know the enemy's threatened by me going and, and preaching and moving and standing up and doing all this stuff. That's why the enemy is always attacking my body. But he has no authority and he has no victory. So we continue to move in the direction that God has led us to. Amen. You know, where the enemy knows. And, and you know, I want my wife. Come here. Come here. Come here, baby. Come here. The enemy knows that we're a powerful couple. And so anytime that he feels like it, he'll try to attack our union and who we are in God. Because he knows that together we'll do some amazing things. I don't know if you ever heard my wife uh, pray or speak. She's powerful. And the enemy knows that. So he'll try to come at us in that area. So, you've got a strong hand clap for my wife, too, all right? So, he wants me to say something. I'm going to say that the devil is defeated. You've got a strong hand glass. So, um, one of the things that you have to understand is your identity. If you know who you are in Christ, you know, it, it goes deeper than just transitioning from orphanhood to sonship. It's deeper than that. It's actually coming out. The Bible says you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Which means that you become a light being. Someone who is, who is identified as a powerful being. Do you understand that the angels are asking questions about you in heaven? Think about this. The very the angelic beings that sit around the throne of God question God about the power you have because they don't have that. So when they see God in you, Holy Spirit in you, power in you, anointing in you, they say, who is man that you are mindful of them? Right? Th th these are things that you should ponder on. The anointing that you have, that you can command angels on your behalf. So it goes deeper than just, you, you have to know you're a son, but you also have to know you're powerful in him. And through sonship and through your identity, you begin to know your place this is why it's easy to submit. This is why it's easy to walk it out because you're not threatened by anybody or anything because you have your identity in him. So I want to talk a little bit about today transition. Somebody say with me transition. Transition. You know, the definition of transition, the Webster Dictionary is 
It says the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. I'll repeat that again. The process or period of changing from one state or condition to another. Amen. You know, it comes from the same Greek word, you know, where we say, you know, I know Pastor Rifle has, I mean, we could preach Romans 12, right? We could preach one and two, we over and over again. I don't know how many times we preach, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So it's the same word, transition, comes from that metamorphosis word. Also, transformation or conversion or adaptation. Here's a good one, adjustment. You ever got an adjustment on your car or on your back? Have you been to a chiropractor? You adjust your back and you leave there feeling like, wow, I feel better today. Here's another word, alteration alteration how about this one change over change over now my text is going to come from Mark 2.22 so if you have your Bibles that's good if you don't, don't worry God is not going to punish you for not having a Bible this is why we have this Now, Jesus is speaking here, and this is interesting because he says, No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. I want you to see that. If you get an old wineskin, back in those days, the, the, they carried water and wine. They, it was an animal skin that they would, it was a hide they would put together. And, and this is how they would fill it up with wine. It wasn't a flask. Praise God, not many of you are holding those today. So, oh no, Pastor Manuel is going to preach. <laughs> no. These were made out of specific skins. But see, the older the skin got, you could not put new wine in it because the new wine was fermented to the point where if it got into the old wine skin, it would burst it. It would literally have a chemical reaction. Amen? So, anytime there was new wine going into an old wine skin, anybody who really knew about wine skins would say, don't put it in the new wine skin. We have to make a new wine skin. Don't put it in the old wine skin, excuse me. We have to make a new wine skin to put the new wine in. The older the wine, the older the wineskin. Amen? Somebody, you know, somebody might say, you know, no, 
know, I'm like wine. The older I get, the better I get, you know. That's fine. This is not the context of, of my message today. Actually, if you really read the Bible, the newer wine was always left for the end because it was the better wine. This is kind of interesting. Because even if you look at Jesus' first miracle, they asked him and said, how did you keep the best wine for last instead of forgiving, you know, what what happened here? You should have gave that first and then gave all the cheap wine later and nobody would have noticed, right? But see, in God's timetable, he never gives you new wine first. He waits for the metamorphosis and transition, which your wine skin begins to change. Then he pours in new wine. Because The new wine is not exactly new to the point, but it's fermented for a while, waiting for that process, that metamorphosis in your life so he can pour out this thing into you. The changeover that happens now is a mind thing. And like Michael was saying, there's there's a soulish thing that happens there because God is after your mind. He's after your body, soul, and spirit. So the minute that you converted to God or converted to Jesus and you said, you know what? I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Your spirit is fine. Your soul now needs to be transformed because your soulish realm is where you learned your mind, will, and emotions, learned all the stuff in the process for all these years that you've been growing up. You've been trained in your soul to think a certain way, do a certain thing, speak a certain way, and walk a certain way. And now your spirit now, your spirit man with Holy Spirit working together with the Word of God. That's why um, Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is a double-edged sword dividing what? The soul and the spirit. Why? Because your soul needs the Word. Your spirit actually uses the Word to invade your soul and your thought process. So now you begin now to speak the Word. And out of the abundance of your heart, which is part of your soul, your mouth begins to speak, which is also part of your soul. And now your thought process is changing. And now guess what happens? There's a metamorphosis happening. And now through that metamorphosis, God says, I'm going to pour this new wine in you because I have to use you right now to do something amazing, do something. And then your body is filled with all of this amazing stuff. And you begin to move and walk in your identity and who you're called to be. The reason why many of us do not walk in new wine is because we like to hold on to old wineskins. Everyone talks, I mean, in our movement, we talk about revival, awakening, moving God, you know, the glory coming. But how does all of that come? We have to change. We cannot continue doing things the same way and expect God to show up. He did not show up in the New Testament the way he showed up in the Old Testament. 
In the Old Testament, he would come upon one man, and one man would move in that anointing. He was the only one who can communicate with God, and Holy Spirit would empower him for the moment and the time and the season. But in the New Testament, the New Covenant, he comes upon the church, he comes upon the body, and they walk together with power, glory, and they begin to shift and transform the whole region. There's a whole different anointing. Transition will be announced to you in different ways. The death of Moses was a transitional announcement to Joshua and Caleb that it was time to move on. Matter of fact, God even told him and said, you stop crying, be, be strong, be courageous, it's time to move on. What is it? It was an announcement in the heavenlies that it was time for transition. And any time that something happens in your life, any time that you're getting attacked in some area, notice that area, begin to work on that area because guess what? That's the area that is most threatening to Satan. And that is also an announcement to you that it's time for transition. There is an announcement in the heavenlies right now to the whole body of Christ that it's time to transition. Amen. There are millennials out there right now screaming out, saying, we want to be identified. We need identity. We need this. And instead of for us trying to pull them into their full identity in Christ, we're attacking them and breaking them down instead of for pulling them in and showing them who they really are in God. And this is what's happening. The church is not relevant enough to reach into this atmosphere, into this region, into this part of the, of the mind process and begin to shift and change the way God called us to do it. We're too busy being religious. Not in this church, thank God. Why was Jesus talking about this? He was actually talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. He was actually talking about their their way of doing things. It didn't work anymore. It was time. Now, Jesus' birth and his beginning of his ministry, okay? How did he begin his ministry? There was a transitional period. If you, if you look at the Bible, the Jordan, it marks a lot of the transitional periods for men of God. Amen? In the Old Testament, there was three different transitional periods that you see someone meeting at the Jordan. You see Joshua going to the Jordan. That was a transitional period. Now, they're coming out of just receiving from God to going and conquering for God. So there's a transitional period even in your life where you come out of just receiving from God. And now it's time for you to do for God and to work and become co-laborers with Jesus. Amen? But some of us want to eat the fruit thereof and not walk in and conquer. This is time to conquer. So, that was the first transitional period. The second one you see in the Jordan is Elijah and Elisha. Elijah comes to the end of his road as far as ministry is concerned. But he does not only want to release what he has upon him. But he wants God to release into Elisha what Elisha was born to do. 
So he not only gives him a mantle in 1 Kings 17, but he also, in, in 1 Kings chapter 1, he also allows a mantle to fall from heaven upon him so he can have his own identity. Not only did he look and act like Elijah, but he was double portioned. He was more anointed. He had a greater thing in him to do more than what Elijah did. And that was a transitional period. David also met his transitional period during the time of his banishment. He was standing at the Jordan, and this is where he met the mighty man of war. Right at the Jordan. Three days later, they said, let's make an alliance and begin to take the, the, the kingdom by force. And we're not going to take Saul's kingdom, but we're going to take the enemy's kingdoms out. So no longer there was a focus on what was going on between him and Saul. Now there was a focus on whether the enemy was going to gain territory or they were going to gain territory for Israel. The transition happened at the Jordan. Jesus' transition happens at the Jordan. There's an announcement that goes out from, from John the Baptist's mouth. And then he's baptized and he walks into the desert. And when he comes back from the desert 40 days later, there's an announcement all through Israel. The kingdom of heaven is upon you. It was a transitional period. We have to know when there's an announcement for us to transition. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Joshua chapter 9. I want to go here real quick and I want to show us something. Joshua chapter 9, verse 1 through 6. And it came to pass when all the kings who were in the side of the Jordan and the hills and the lowland and all the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, all the ites. That they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. Listen to this. Listen to this. The enemy is more united than we are. Jesus even said it. He said, He said, the kingdom of Satan is not divided. And it's funny how the, the, the church, the body of Christ, we're, we have more parts than Lego. And sometimes we can get confused because we won't know where our part is or, or, or what we're supposed to be doing in one, in one body. And this is why people leave churches because they, they, they feel as though, well, I'm called to do this and I'm called. But how about being called to do that right there where you're at? Because if God is placing something upon your spirit to do something right now or you feel a, a leading, a burning within you, it's because there's a transitional moment happening within you so you can lead the body of Christ into that transitional moment. And what God wants you to do is not separate yourself from the body of Christ so you can start your own thing, build your own ministry, build your own kingdom. That's desert ministry. That's desert ministry. That's you going in the mountain alone and coming back down alone. No. Exodus 19 says, I made you priests. I made you, I, I, I've made you kings. Come up. Meet with me. Together. 
But Joshua and Caleb ministry is like, hey, hey, you too. Hey, you can do this. You too. Get over here. Come on. Let's build the team and let's take the enemy out because whatever I can't do, you can do. Whatever you can't do, I can do. And now we're beginning to understand that I prophesy in part, know in part, do in part. And guess what? You have a part to play. And so as the body of Christ, now we become a living 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And all of us are working together. We're no longer separated by all of these different thought processes. Amen? So, the enemy gathered together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done what they had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they got smart. They did work willingly. Or they worked very, very astute, very smart. And went and made as if they were been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their donkeys and wineskins, old and rent up and bound up, and old and patched up shoes upon their feet, old garments upon them. All the bread, their provisions was dried. They even let them become moldy. So they dressed up. And then they went to Joshua and to the camp of Gilgal and said unto them and said, The men of Israel, we are come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. Make a covenant with us. We have to be careful what we make a covenant with. Because without knowing, we could be making a covenant with old wineskins. Because we don't know how to shift out from what we think should be the way things are done. I'm going to preach this morning. So, so we get stuck making a covenant with old, tattered, broken down, moldy bread. And then we're wondering why people are not getting fed. People are not getting clothed with righteousness why they're not getting new wine because we cut covenant with old wineskins. Mm. Wow. Lord have mercy. So they cut covenant and guess what happened? The rest of the story goes like when they go to Gibeon to attack it, the Gibeonites come out now with their all dressed up clothes. They were like, remember us? Can't kill us now. So now they had to have the Gibeonites working for them because they cut covenant with them. You see, this is, this to me is the church right now. They, they want to get out and be free and do what God called them to do, but we cut covenant with all these traditions of men. And we're too afraid to break it out. So we have all these traditions trying to work for us so we don't, we, we, we don't offend anybody. We don't move into... What, what, what I want you to understand right here is that God is calling us into something new. Do you understand? New. Okay, I, I'll let it know this way. New means you got to let go of the 2001 Toyota... And grab, right? It's just like that. It's just, just an example. 
I'm waiting to let go of my 2007. Right? You know, we talk a lot about the old man and the new man. We, we're a new creation in Christ, right? We should have no problems with the old man because he's dead, right? So, so we have no, no problems with the old man. He's dead. We're a new creation in Christ. But when I say there's something new happening, everybody's like, wait, 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 hold on. What are you talking about? What new? You see, we're, we're quick to criticize what we don't understand. That's what they did to Jesus. He was walking around doing miracles. They were like, hold on. You didn't go through the whole five-step process with that leper. Jesus was like, oh, okay, I healed him. Okay, go see the priest. I forgot that process. Go, go, go see the priest. So we can go through the process. Old wineskins. When you preach, you got to preach in the synagogue. Jesus said, okay, I'll preach in the synagogue, but I'll preach on the mountaintop too. I'm not only going to preach in the church, I'm going to preach outside too. My life is not going to be substance or, 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 be, or be caged in by traditions. Why do you think they killed Jesus? He went against the grain. He brought something new. He brought mega church to the outside. No tents, no microphones, no speakers, no radio, nothing. Just Jesus and his disciples and people were getting healed, transformed, and discipled at the same time. And so the Pharisees said, uh, every Saturday they would go and say, we're losing people. Hey, where's Jim? Where's that other family that was here last week? They said, oh, uh, I think they're out there listening to Jesus. And so the old wineskin will always get upset with the new thing that God is doing. I had a young man ask, uh, well, an older guy asked me and said, well, I see you preaching, and I don't see you with a Bible in your hand. I said, oh, so you want me to do this every time I'm preaching? Yeah. I guess, you know, the old model was, you know, you hold the Bible in your hand and Jesus, you know. Great, that's awesome. But I remember somewhere in there, I told him, I remember somewhere in Joshua, God said to write it upon your heart. And I don't remember Jesus carrying a scroll everywhere he went to preach. Hold on, people. Isaiah. No, the scriptures were alive in him. He said everything he said was spirit. And so as long as you, as you have this in you, you should be a living testament, a written word to people outside and letting them know there's more to this than just looking the part. I get criticized a lot because I don't look the part. Let me finish this. Transition is all through the Bible. Whenever there is a transition, it requires us to shift in a different direction. 
If not, you're going to be walking around in circles in a dry place. I know people who keep hopping from church to church because they think that the church is supposed to supply what they need. And really, your supplier is not the church or man. It is God. And if you can't find joy in him and relationship in him and your identity in him, you're going to keep going from place to place and going around in circles because you still have not found the real joy is in Jesus Christ. And that's where you should be all the time in him. And when you go to a place, you should bring him with you. Now, if you don't know Christ and you've come to a place to find Christ, you're in the right place. But if you claim to know Christ and you're looking around for the next new thing, then you obviously have not really understood who Christ is. And I'm not here to criticize you. I'm here to announce to you that it's time to just stand still and know that he's God and begin to understand who you are in him. And become more bold in it. And be bold enough to say, yes, I am anointed. Transition can be scary for some, especially people who are used to the mundane, the same old, same old, you know? I remember one time I said, you know, we need to move out of this church. I remember one time, man, boom, pastor, whew, everybody's face was like, huh? We like our pillars. We like the Jesus thing back there. We like the hardwood floor. No! But there's an announcement in the spirit that God wants to grow the kingdom. And in order for it to expand and grow the kingdom, we need to begin to move into that direction so the kingdom of God can begin to get. It's not about us and how we feel. It's about what God wants to do. And as long as what God wants to do is, is what he wants to do, then we're going to go into that direction because sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. The stretching is uncomfortable. Everything becomes uncomfortable. But guess what? The uncomfortability is what we need to move into that direction. So guess what? God begins to transition us and he begins to make announcements in the heavens and here on earth telling you it's time to move in that direction and that's what God is announcing here at Harvest Renewal Church let us move into that direction so next time you lift your hands you say you know what God I see bigger things greater things are yet to come we, we love the way that sounds doesn't, don't, don't we greater things are yet to come but then when God says it's time to step into greater, we go, ooh. You know, the, the Bible does say that there, there, there's wisdom in, in having a, a multitude of counselors. There is wisdom in that. Amen. I'm going to take my sweater off. Thank you, baby. There's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. There is. There's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. But then again, who are you getting counsel from? Last time I checked, the first and foremost counselor we should be seeking first and foremost, his name is Holy Spirit. And he gives us wisdom and understanding. And then once we, once we get from Holy Spirit, we ought to get confirmation from the prophetic people around us. They confirm that two or three confirm what's being said. And guess what? Well, Holy Spirit already pressed on your spirit. Somebody's going to come and tell you, say, you know, I feel Holy Spirit is telling me this. And then you're going to, bam, that's first confirmation, second confirmation. Praise God. I know that God is telling me that it's time for us to walk into this. 
But, you know, we, we can become stagnant and we begin to go, oh, God, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I know you said it. I, I, know, I know that Pastor Doug has prophesied to me. I know Pastor Cindy has prophesied to me. I know that Pastor Manuel has prophesied to me. I know I heard it from Pastor, from Pastor Rifle. I know I heard it from uh, uh, Michael. I know I heard it from everybody. Everybody's telling me the same thing, God, but I'm scared. It's scary. Why? Because it's going to cause you to shift, change, paradigm shift. I have to think different. See, I believe that the enemy attacks this body, this church, especially in the finances. The reason why it attacks it is because if he knew we had the resources to do what we have to do, there's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be something happening in Richmond like never before. And see, this is why the enemy keeps going at that area. But I'm here to announce to you that if we walk out of, outside of the enemy and outside of what he's trying to do and begin to move into that direction, watch what happens. God begins to release because he knows that faith, faith, faith is going to move mountains. Okay. I need to finish this up before, before, before the children's ministry gets mad at me. Announce to them that we're going like five or ten minutes over. Anyway, I think when they saw my name on the thing, they already knew. <laughs> Check this out. We're always in transition mode. Especially in him. But God never changes. Who said you're like God yet? See, God, <laughs> where's that in the Bible? 2 Corinthians 3.18. We're all unveiled face, beholding a mirror, the glory of the Lord, and are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the Spirit. Guess what? You ain't there yet. I think our final transition is when we actually, our body is glorified and we can walk through walls like Jesus. That's when we're in the final transition. When you can fly through space. Right? We are always in transition. When we allow people or circumstances to set our course, we can deviate from the course that was set out for us. I'll repeat that again. When we allow people or circumstances to set our course, we can deviate from the course that was set out for us. We should always be in him and in all we do acknowledging him. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. In other words, there's a path set out for you already. The only thing you need to do is acknowledge him. Walk in Him. Transition in Him. So, okay. We'll end with these scriptures. Isaiah 42, 9 and 10. This is God announcing to Israel. He said, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Say with me, I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Before they happen, there's a declaration. So nothing will happen without a declaration first. Mm. And even verse 10 says, sing unto the Lord a new song. 
and his praise from the end of the earth. But in chapter 43, verse 19, so the first one, he says, I declare new things. And this one, he says, I will do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So chapter 42, he declares it. Chapter 43, he does it. Guess what? It's not only declaring, it's doing. Let's stand to our feet. There's a declaring that happens. And then there's a doing that goes alongside of it. You know, there, there, there's always an announcement to you in what happens in your life. And it might be joyful. It might be hurtful. Whatever it is, God announces to you to walk in your identity in every area. When I was in the secular and doing all this stuff, you know, it was hard for me to hold a job. I always... I, I, Every job I had, I mean, I was good at stuff, and I did things, and I was a man of all trades. And It was hard for me to hold the job because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. That's my mindset. So if, if, if the jobs are just not being held, you say, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe God is calling me to become an entrepreneur and start my own thing. So God is pushing you into that transition, right? But we like to look for security, and we always want to be, you know, in, in that whole thing, right? And when God was pulling me into full-time ministry, you know, I, I was like, yeah, God, all right, yeah, whatever, you know. And still, God was still pulling me into that full-time ministry. And it's time for people to start walking out their identity. You know, and I believe God is raising up entrepreneurs in the church, not only to be entrepreneurs and to be apostles, prophets, and teachers, and pastors in the business world, but also to walk out their identity and they can fund the kingdom, too, to do what God called them to do. God is announcing transition. It's happening. It's happening. And maybe, maybe you're not called to, to, to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you are called into that uh, uh, world of, of business and, and, and to different places, into that job, into that different. But you have to know your assignment in that place and not just get caught up in being a zombie and walking around the same area. But know what you're called to do there and let God use you in that position, in that area. And that is the transition that God wants for us to have. It has to happen in us first in order for us to see it. The declaration happens. And, to, and today, I want us to declare some things. Amen? I want you to start declaring, I am powerful. This is something that my girls and even uh, Faith has taught the kids downstairs. There's a confession that Bethel does, and it goes, I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. Say that. Say that with me. You have to say it enough times that you believe it yourself. Sometimes you have to look at the mirror and say, I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world, changes my circumstance, changes the atmosphere changes people, changes things, changes. We are kings and queens, which means that declarations stick. 
They don't fall to the ground. And the enemy knows this too. That's why he will bombard you and attack you to begin to confess what he wants you to confess. So like that, that will stick. Here's a good confession that the enemy uses all the time. I have no money. I'm broke. I don't think I'm going to be able to pay that. I've done this. Then my wife will ask me, is that true? Is that what you believe? Is that, is that you know, second voice of the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> is that what you believe? For real? I can't do this. I can't do that. I, I'm not able to. I, I, I don't know if God called me. I don't know what I'm, what I'm supposed to do. I don't need, then you're going to continue not knowing. Begin to get the word up in you. I begin, I, I begin to say, you know what? <laughs> every month this, this year, right, Pastor? Every month this year, I'll be gone for one or two weeks every month. Pastor's like, no, 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 no. Can't hold me down, Pastor. I just received the prophecy. Yeah, we'll both be gone in the next two months. Go to show you how, how, how powerful. But, but God, you know what God announced, though? That he's raising up people in here to begin to do what we do. Preach, teach, do it. All of y'all, some of y'all have it in you. Some of you sitting there like, mm-hmm. You got revelations written. You got all this stuff. Yeah. Amen. There's women in here. Amen. Women in here who could teach and preach up a storm and chase the devil out of your life if you let them. There's evangelists in here that can walk out of this door and heal people on the street, bring them in, get them saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, disciple them. There's people in here. You're in here. We got to stop looking for the next big thing in, 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 in inviting other people to come in and start looking for the next big thing within us. But there's something in us that God wants to transition and bring to something new. Amen. It's already in you. I, I'm, I'm just here to encourage you and pull it out of you. So when you decree, I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. Therefore, I declare what? God is in a good mood, and he loves me all the time. Which means I'm not in a bad mood. I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed because he's in a good mood. And as long as he's in a good mood, I'm going to take that mood and carry that mood with me. He loves me all the time, so I'm not going to feel depressed and think that nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, and get into my little corner and seclude myself, not come to church and lock myself out of Facebook and block everybody because... No, he loves me all the time. Say it with me. He loves me all the time. 
Say this with me. I am adopted. I am the family of God. I am a son or a daughter of God, whichever one. Therefore, I have power, anointing, and the ability to do amazing things in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a strong hand clap. So, okay, so this last week, I just want to tell you how spot on this word was for our people. Because this last week, literally the two scriptures that God has been really minutiating in my heart is Mark 2nd verse 22nd which is the new wineskin, new wine for new wineskin. And the other one is I'm doing a new thing. And I'm telling you now on the confirmation of two or more, this is God. And when God speaks, he pours out grace. You plus God can change. You plus God can move into transition Lock in and engage and move forward in power and destiny. You, without God, are a, are a car with your wheels spinning and you have no traction. You want to have no traction for the rest of your life and just, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. You, us, as a people, plus God, locking into enabling grace moves us forward. He is wanting to pour out new wine for new wineskin. All we got to say is, God, with your grace, I am changing. I am moving forward. I am not staying the same. Amen. Amen. Come on. Now, we declared. Now we're going to do. If you say today, I'm, I got a new wine skin and I want new wine, come up here. Come up. Come on. There's a manifestation of new wine. And I'm going to tell you what new wine is. There's a, there's a revelation behind new wine. There's a new ability. New strength. New ministry. New anointing. New passion. There's a new capability. What you thought you weren't capable of, God's saying you are capable of doing it. You know, where, where, where we thought, you know what, I feel so weak. I feel so down right now. And God's giving you new strength. He's giving you this new ability. He's giving you this, this revigoring. This is, <laughs> this is your second wind. You know, he blew on the disciples twice. Once in person. And the second one when Acts chapter 2, you heard that wind come in. That was him blowing from heaven. And so this is the second wind. This is that wind that's coming and reviving us. There's a new passion for outreach. There's a new passion for evangelism being birthed in this house. There's a new passion for business. 
Wherever you failed at in business, God says, I'm bringing a new passion and new ideas, new creativity being dispersed. That's new wine. All of this is new wine. It's all involved in the new wine. Hey, Jesus. Jesus. God is even putting you in new, new places, new things happening. I see God shifting a lot of people even in their ministries, but also shifting them even in their jobs. <laughs> you know, um, Pastor Brenda called me the other day, one of our pastors under HRGN. And she said she's, she's working, you know, here at VCU, but she said that there was a job, a supervisor job that that. She felt as though, okay, it, it, all these requirements she didn't have, but she felt as though I should sign up for it. They called her the day before yesterday and said, the job is yours. See, God is shifting her, she, the administrative part, because God is teaching her how to administrate because she's a pastor. So God is teaching her that area, that her assignment there is to learn so God can shift her into the place that she needs to be. You see, you got to understand, God is shifting you for reasons and seasons. Are you ready for new wine? Mm, I just feel, I, I feel there's new wine being poured, Pastor. There, there's new wine being poured. And, and here's what I hear the Holy Spirit saying, drink it up. Drink it up and get drunk in the Spirit. Let this new wine fill you. Get out of the old things, old failures, old recession, past failures, fear, excuses, and look towards success. Because I'm releasing it on you. I'm releasing it on business. I'm releasing new ministry. I'm releasing new things into your life. And you know what? God is doing that so the HRC can expand too. So remember, your assignment is not only for yourself, but for God in the kingdom to go forward. And so God is shifting. I just, there's a prophetic sense in me. I don't, you know, I don't play with these things. When I feel it, I know it. Something in my spirit say there's a shifting happening. April 22nd, 2017, God told me there was a shift going to happen in Venezuela. And he told me a new president will rise. And there will be many people going out and speaking against the old president. And the old order will be removed and a new order will be put in. And God said, this is for my sake so I can liberate my people and bring forth freedom and bring forth a revival and an anointing in that country like never before. And two years later, here it is happening. God is shifting. Transition is happening. Are you ready? The question is, are you, are you ready to step into it? If you say no, then you're depending on yourself. But if you say, whatever God wants, I'm ready for. Lift up your hands, close your eyes. We're going to call new wine. Where's Brian? Where's Brian Domster at? 
Get on those drums, Brian. If he's here. If he's here. Come on, come on. Just press in, press in, press in, press in. Press in, press in. Let, 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 let the new wine just flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. If you got a prayer language, just speak in that prayer language. If not, don't worry. Holy Spirit just wants to anoint you. Just wants to touch you and use you. He, he wants to release in you something new. Something new. Something new. Something new. Something new. Something new for this generation. Something new. Something new. Something new. Something new for the business world. Something new. Something new. Something new for ministry. Something new for worship. Something new. Something new for Richmond. Something new. Something new for for the nations. God is calling some of you into the nations. Something new is being released out of you. Something new is being released into you to be released out of you. I feel the anointing of God. I feel the wine being poured is being poured from heaven. Wine is being poured from heaven. He said, drink it up, receive it, 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 receive it. Oh, paradigms are being shifted. Don't try to work this up in your flesh. Let Holy Spirit just come in. Let him come in. Let him come in. Let him come in. New wine. New wine. Oh, wow. Come on, Holy Spirit. Whoa. New wine falling upon me. Keep playing that. There's a new wine falling upon me. There's a new one falling upon me. Let it fall. Let it fall. Come on. Let it fall. Let it fall. Fill me up, Lord. Say, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Come on. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're seeking revival. We're seeking awakening. We're seeking it, but we're not pushing into it. And God said, let it fall, let it fall. It's falling on you right now. Receive my new one. Let it, let it, let it. Drink it up, 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 drink it up. It's falling, it's falling, it's falling. I'm releasing something new. Whatever obstacles you had before, God says, I'm releasing something new. That's pushing obstacles out of the way. Releasing into your life something new. 
Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. Ooh. You feel that? You feel that? Oh, wow. Yes! Whoa! Let it fall, Jesus, let it fall. We receive from you right now. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. I want to be used by you. Fill me up, Lord. I want to do the new. (laughs) Fill me up. feel right now something is happening God said there's a fresh passion being poured into your life there was something you set out to do and then you stopped and then you set out to do it again but you said Lord I don't know if I'm ready for this I don't know if I can but God said there's a fresh passion there's a fresh anointing being poured upon you to walk into your destiny to walk into what I called you to do says the Lord and I'm using you to break chains break bondage Because you're called, says the Lord, to do so. And I just feel that anointing upon the both of you right now. It seems like the enemy has tried to attack in different areas, but the Lord says, I am releasing new wine. The Lord says, you're never too late, never too late, never too late to walk into your anointing. Wow, 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 wow. There's a new grace upon you, young woman. God said there were several opportunities afforded to you. And God says, I will direct you to the right opportunity, but also to keep your eyes open as you walk into that new opportunity. There will be an opportunity for you to move into an assignment, says the Lord, and to release that assignment. And your heart is soft. Your heart is soft. You are very compassionate. So God says, I'm leading you to have to have a, 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 an assignment to release compassion into different people's lives, says the Lord. My God. And Father, I thank you right now that you're releasing a powerful evangelistic anointing and a release of healing power in this young man. Healing power. And the Lord said, I'm increasing your faith to believe, to do things, and to see the supernatural happen. 
But also as you do that, God says you're going to be trained. And as you're trained, God says you're leading, I'm leading you through a process. And as I'm leading you through that process, there's new wine. And I can see God just pouring in cups after cup 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 into your life. Waves of a spirit. Father, I thank you. New There's a heavy burden upon your heart, young Listen. And that burden, it doesn't come from you alone. It's a burden I placed upon you. And it's not heavy to the point where you can't walk, but it's heavy to the point where you must release. And God says that you release. God is calling you to release. To release into different people's lives, to release. And God has called you to this house to release. And God says, wherever you see, because you're needed not only in worship, but also to release. My God, I feel the anointing upon your life right now. Holy Spirit. Pour more. More, more, more. Ah. New skins, new more of you. Level is rising.